What are we going to do on the pod this week, Timmy? Same thing we do every week, little guy. Take over the world. Wait, wait, the world or the cycling world? You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. Hello and welcome to the episode 467 of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. Hey, is this it, is Matt in Minneapolis. Is it 467? Is it four? Yeah, what is it? What? I'm, hold on. Do some math. I'm pretty sure it's 465. No. Well, little guy, little guy put 467 in the slack. But I think it's actually, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the scenes, let's peel back the curtain. No. And Spencer's right. It's 465. I did put 467 in the slack. I'm going to leave this all in. Hey, I'm Matt in Minneapolis. Did I say that? And this is Spencer in the city, beautiful Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you that it is episode 465 this week. Yeah, it is. I wrote 447 on my sheet of paper here, that like my notes that I take. <laughs> You're all over the place. So um, did I mention you guys that I got hit on the head by a coconut this week? Turns out I did. No. Is that, is that yeah. real? Yeah. No, that's not real. That's not real. And if I would have, it would have been fine because I ordered a new helmet and it uh, fits like a glove and it protects my head. And that's not why I'm delusional. It's other reasons. I honestly, I can't tell if this is a bit or not. <laughs> this isn't bit. a bit um, anymore. You guys, I'm so excited <laughs> about everything in cycling. Well, what we should be talking about is the long nightmare of everyone freaking out about not being able to watch bike racing. It's a legitimate Next nightmare, year has Tim. been solved. No. No, it's not. No. Everyone sat here saying that it wasn't going to happen. Oh, my God, GCN's going away. And imagine that, Uh charging $50 a year is not a sound business model. That's not my problem. Suddenly, suddenly Max comes through with the Discovery Plus app. And now you're going to be able to watch all the bike racing you want for $10 a month. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Spencer, will you go through Tim's pockets and see if he's on the Warner Brothers payroll or something? This, This guy is is in the pocket a big warner it seems ten dollars really? a month Tim, I, I, I have to own, I, have, uh, I no. don't even understand what's going on at all gcn is no more and yes. now who's picking it up max or what, what is that what is that's that? hbo hbo max <laughs> hbo max HBO. And then, okay yeah. i've heard that's of hbo a, that's a thing that's yeah. okay how much is hbo uh, I'm gonna check. I've got it because I'm an adult. And um, <laughs> how much is HBO Max? I want to say it's like nine ninety nine. I pay nine ninety nine for it. Okay, certainly. Okay, that doesn't and sound then right. That gets you the bike racing. Okay, little guy, you have no problem. I don't know what your argument is here. Well, Tim's got it nine ninety nine, no, and he gets no. all the bike racing. You don't. You got to oh, pay more for the wait. bike races. You got to buy the HBO, oh. and then you got to get some sort of add on. Hang on now. Tim, back to you. I've just been informed that actually 999 is not going to get me any bike racing. 
Well, no, it gets you all of the movies that you could possibly want to watch. It gets me Game of Thrones, Sex in the City, whatever. And plus, plus the opportunity plus to watch bike racing. To the opportunity. Give them more money. Okay, so, all right. I like it. So they were like, I'm going to give you a special offer only available to HBO customers. It's to spend more money to watch uh-huh. things you used to be able to watch for less money. That's right. Only you, an HBO client, gets this <laughs> special privilege. You well, guys both guy, make good points. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here, here's the thing, though. Okay. Uh-huh. Tell me. Why do Why do we have to deal with um like, I, I guess a couple of things. One is it costs a lot of money to watch uh to put on bike racing. Like if I wanted to watch fifty three women's world tour broadcasts, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to watch that on GCN because it wasn't always on there. But now it will be on HBO Max. Are they going to have the all the women's part. racing? Is that true? Yeah. They also are going to have all of the Giro d'Italia, which we'll talk about in a second because Pagakchar is going to be there. I'm going to be able yeah. to watch that. You're going to be able to watch all UCI Mountain Bike World Series races, which you used to be able to watch for free on Red Bull.tv. <laughs> so that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> but then you'll also be able to watch stuff like KBK. Well, yeah. that's pretty and, awesome. But you that's still a, can't watch a, RC, the, the, the Flanders Classic stuff. We're in the same system where you need three streaming services if you want to watch all the big races. Okay. But now you get to do it for more money. Well, okay, little guy. But to be fair, when you had – did you have a GCN uh, subscription? You did, right? I do. Currently, okay. uh, if you're so, listening well, to this, I uh, guess I don't mm-hmm. anymore. It's over as of the time of this okay. drops. So When you did have it. Yep. Could you watch Game of Thrones via your GCN? I could not, but I also didn't okay. care to do said well, watch Game of Thrones. I mean, the last season was uh, maybe skip that one, but yeah. the rest of it was was worth watching. I I agree. There was other things I I couldn't watch, but I I'm I had that choice. I I I don't know if you guys know, I could get HBO. It's it's available could, to me in Minnesota. I've just chosen not to because so, they offered well, yeah, right. me nothing so, I wanted, and so I don't really so, want to buy it to get also, something well, I want. I understand it's more child. money. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, I know it's going to cost more money, little guy, and I appreciate that. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry for you. But you can also get Sesame Street um, for yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, little Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin on uh-huh. HBO. Too scary. Um, plus other award-winning shows. But I'm not going to stop there. <laughs> When you pay the $10 extra a month uh-huh. for um, the, the sports tier, you yeah. also get a ton of Major League Baseball, NHL games, NBA games, and all the U.S. soccer games. Okay. So, I don't know. To me, it does, I guess, you know, it's just the cost of living instead of 2024. <laughs> and cyclists uh, are, used to, are used to buying uh, $200 sets of, of tires mm-hmm. um, for their bikes, uh, you know, well, don't you want to watch pro bike racing? Well gouge him for a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I it might makes not sense. be a cyclist then. Um, I there's I would say I really like watching bike racing, but I would say there's just zero chance that I'm giving Warner Brothers my money. I think this is just uh, I just like I I kind of watch less and less bike racing, and so this is sort of one of those things. Like if they're gonna make me actually go to any work to have to reacquire it. That was the already a stumbling block, but if it's more work and more money, I just oh, want. So I you're just gonna have to pay for two things, right? No, well, I on. guess the work. Oof. You got Tim, Peacock 
and flow bikes too so that's your there's story. no and i've already i've already stuck my flag in the sand and declared war against flow bikes i i haven't had <laughs> flow bikes for a couple years like that was like two 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 years of slow ride ago is when i was like i'm not paying any money for flow bikes and at some point peacock's gonna do something to get me upset yeah and i'm certainly i won't be able to watch any bike racing ever again it's uh who amongst us has the eurosport uh uh, paid premium that's, account with the VPN because that just seems like the obvious solution that's, here. That's not HBO related. How much is a VPN? Like ten bucks a month, maybe less. Six bucks and, a month. And then the the Eurosport free coverage is what mm, premium? I have it's like no mm. idea. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have to do the math. The we'll we'll report boat. back to everybody, but. Anyways, you'll be able to watch bike racing. I know people are freaking out that the you might have to pay more for it, but people are freaking out thinking that like the Jiro wasn't going to be on available to American citizens, but yeah. it is. Okay. Well, um, can I have one more it. complaint? Oh, please. <laughs> well, one, I watched a GCN race uh, that was on GCN on Saturday, and I got to see Matthew Vanderpool come back to cross, and now GCN goes away on Tuesday. And uh-huh. uh, I think they come back in February. If I'm not mistaken, that's a large chunk of the cyclocross season that has just vanished into thin air. Um, I still haven't seen Vanderpool and Wout and Pidcock all race. And that's that was kind of my last wish for 2023, but I guess. How, how did you feel about Vanderpool's look? What do you mean? Like his glasses or the kit or no, what? He just like he just looked good out there. Oh like no! Overall. I mean, he looked he looked like he beyond dominated good. the entire like, thing. He got such a gap on that first lap that I think he almost looked bad because he was ruining cyclocross and embarrassing everybody else. It was insane. I forgot how insane yeah. he is in a cyclocross race. Like, I thought he looked just really good with the the kit, although the black shorts. Um, but yeah, world champ. It's pretty muddy. Expect? Hey, at this point, I'd like to just give a shout out to uh, Curtis White, the 2022 Psychocross uh, National Champion. Uh, one of you Yahoo's said that it was uh, Carrie, uh, or that it was Eric Bruner's back-to-back title. Um, how how rude of you guys! Mm. All right, I'm sorry. That was probably Spencer. I'm going to blame it on Spencer. Yeah, and probably. Yeah. Um, so sorry, we, we've had a uh, a pretty you know, uh, full week. It's a bummer that we made it this far into 2023 before we got something wrong. Yeah, yeah. I know. It doesn't happen often. <sighs> we're so close. Let's actually almost do did the, it. We haven't had a perfect we, season yet, you guys. And we were almost there. We were almost there. Um, and, and honestly, we could have been if Tim hadn't brought that up. So, Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, the way, the the way to be yeah, perfect improve. is to not reflect on your mistakes. <laughs> yes. Um, gentlemen, uh, can we give a shout out? To the Giro d'Italia for bringing uh, Tagaccia Pogacar to uh, bike racing next year in Italy. I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah, Are you? I'm curious to see this guy race bikes. Yeah. You think he's any good? You think he can do he it? could be. Uh, I've been a lot of people talking about him. Mm. I mean, the other, yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have to take on the team we assembled last week on the podcast, if, if, which if was you, fantastic. If you They're going to the it, tour. If you can't do it on a on a snowy Tuesday in uh, Italy, I don't know. I don't know if he's got it, so we'll have to see. <laughs> um, okay, the other big news uh, coming in this week uh, was the kit reveals. 
we had two come in. We had the Bora Hands Grow. Um, going with the lime green high-vis uh, shoulder. Yeah, Otherwise, kind of keeping a, the same. Adaption of the previous kit. Uh, what was your initial... You think this is an improvement? Or uh, or what do you think? That old one getting okay. a little stale? I thought it was all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's I'd fine. I'd give it all right. And their their kit reveal was a minus two on the scale of zero to ten. Interesting. What, what did they do for the reveal? I have no idea. I've just seen a picture. I have no idea Is that either. it? Is that all the I saw, reveal? All I saw... All okay. I saw was just that some... it was just a uh, a ghost mannequin. Okay. Oh, like, I saw some actual kit. photos of a rider in it, but yeah, it wasn't see very Hindley. compelling. Yeah. I, it's, what... I, I'll give him a I'll give him a couple points just because the the light green is something we don't see much of. So like what? originality. Well, I but you know, know what I mean. I don't know about that little guy because Who are you giving I it to? feel like I saw this kit and I said, "Well, they went to the Intermarché Wanti School of Design and just eh. threw a bright." shoulder on this thing and it's 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 as if they saw uh the success that uh intermarche was having this season and was like you know what we need to do to get that success it's not hire rui costa away or or anything like that it's let's just splash a little high vis on the shoulder yeah and that'll make us stand out in the peloton that's a good point no it's a good point it's not it just... quite as high vis though and i feel like they probably only released this kit because of all the drama last week. They needed to like get some like <laughs> some of the, their stuff in the good news, you know. I liked the old kit better um, because it had like the red on there and kind of that the blocking. I do not like this kit. It's too much of a throwback to the old Tinkoff credit systems. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm just interesting. Not, I'm just not a. I'm just not a fan of it, and um, I expect more. Uh, the other kit reveal. Uh, it was only natural that uh, the bad boy of cycling, enemy number one, Julian Alaphilippe, went out there singing to Celine Dion, uh-huh. one of the most overpriced um, uh, singers in uh, history, well known for the overpriced uh-huh. shows in Las Vegas that routinely sell out, so obviously overpriced. Um the kit reveal was really good. I got to give it to him. I loved it. I loved every single second of Julian Alaphilippe with his teammates, with their bike lights, shining the mm-hmm. lights as, uh, as, as they sang along to the kit reveal. That being said, the team is still somehow owned by Patrick Lefebvre, and I don't want to lose sight of that. That's a good point. Did Patrick Lefebvre sign off on this, or will some of these riders be getting fired that partook? <laughs> in this like i i don't feel like we've seen the the full come down yet like it seemed too good to be involved on a like official team stuff now i get where you're coming from um i i do so first of all alaphilippe really leaned into it he did a great job um but second of all this is the team that with the famous uh pillow advertisements um, back in the day. So I don't think a Lefebvre team is above, uh, a stunt like this. Um, doesn't paint them in any better light as far as ownership goes, but I can see it. I could see it being signed off on, or at least so, I don't, not caring what happened. It seems like it's a darker blue. 
That's like most of what I took away. There's oh, like yeah, some the, gradient the pan tone changed by two numbers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could not now, tell. Do you think it's only well, there's a reason only specialized teams have announced their kits so far? Specialized trying to get ahead of the game because all the teams they sponsor have crappy kits. Can we just? <laughs> can we also just say, are you Muscone is now on this team? On which one? Oh, Gianni Muscone. He's on, He's on Sudel Kick Quick Step Pro Cycle. Oh. Team coming home yeah makes sense to think about it <laughs> yeah does make yeah. sense yeah where was he before where was he the last couple of years i forgot he's had a couple quiet I, years well do you, like what <laughs> at what point was lefave in the last few years being like i want that guy back on the i team. need that guy i need that guy on my I, team. I, I, <laughs> I need i need i need that guy the person i can blame Right, like this could be his rehabilitation project that Pat Lillefave is doing. You know, like the old joke, like what's the state motto of Mississippi? Like, you know, thank goodness for Alabama. Like, mm-hmm. like now Lafave can sit there going, "Ha, I have Muscone on the team." That's what it could be. Deflect. It's a, it's a meat shield deflector. <laughs> Interesting meat shield. Oh, he That's was on uh, Astana the last few years. I did not remember there that. There you go. There you go. Well, other than that, I don't think we had anything else uh, go wrong in the year of 2023 of cycling. Um, any highlights that you gentlemen want to talk about before uh, we get to the overflowing email bag? Uh, I bet there were some good bike races. I don't remember any of them, but I remember right. Vanderpool and uh, and that Pogue guy being pretty good this last year. They did pretty good, but... Yeah. Kopecki I had a, a good year. That. Demi Vollering and Kopecki having their internal uh, who's the greatest cyclist thing going on in I had the a, team was pretty fun. I had a good year. Do you want to hear about it? Oh, you you personally. Oh, are you talking about please. you personally? I yeah, like I just kind of always keep a way. list. I always keep a oh, list you got, of things. You have a whole oh, list. you have a list. I thought you were just going to oh, like I mean, tell us all your hill sprints. It's, it's not a list. It just comes off the top of my mind. So I had a great February. February was... February was fantastic because um, it's when I opened up the box that that contained the Klein bicycle that I had. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was good. So I've I've had that bike for about five years. Opened it up, looked great. Um, so that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then Sounds I had good. a great uh, August when I opened the bike again out of the box and put the wheels on. So that was that was that was great. Oh. Um, and then I had a, a fantastic December because I moved that Klein bicycle from one side of the garage to the other side of the garage by walking it. It's just awesome holding a Klein. How about yeah. you, little guy? No, that's good. I uh, I put some <laughs> new bars on my Klein uh, uh-huh. this year, and I rode it, uh-huh. well, like, uh-huh. which makes sense, and that was fun. And uh, I, one time uh, I rode it, and I met another guy who liked Kleins, and that was fun. Yeah. Oh, nice! It's a Klein. Oh. It's a Klein Christmas. S- small yeah. world, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kleins. I um, I I, I favorited or, or watched a couple of Kleins on eBay. Um, <laughs> I, di- I didn't didn't end up pulling the trigger on anything. They're 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 a little pricey, um, but uh, a little rich for my blood. But um, yeah, you well, know they they look cool. We've done that. I gotta say. What what the real highlight of the year for me was all of the emails that we get into the slow ride podcast at gmail.com yeah. mailbag. And once again, it's overflowing. So let's hit into the preem lap and then we'll come back and we'll get to listener emails. Oh, thank goodness.
Terry Werner, and you're listening to the Slow Rock Podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Prime Lab. I want to give a shout out to all the members and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out how you can support independent cycling media, such as the Slow Ride Podcast or Cyclocross Radio, where just last week, Bill, Zach, and Mike came together for another fantastic roundup of Cyclocross Nationals in Louisville. Felt like I was there. It was better coverage than I've seen anywhere else. It's fantastic. So check it out. Mm-hmm. Go to WideAnglePodium.com to find out how you can become a member and a supporter of independent cycling media. Yeah. I just uh, I just went through today, actually, and did our our uh, uh, quarterly, you know, financials and everything for the, for the Wide Angle Podium Network and sent everybody their, their big fat checks from podcast uh, money. Um, and it's, it's honestly, it's the best day every time I do it. Like, because being able to uh, see the folks who are, you know, honestly, like giving money to to the network that don't have to, um, you know, it's, just, it's very heartwarming to do. And then to be able to pass that on to folks like Bill, to folks like Amanda, to folks like Rob over at Criterium Nation, who are just pounding the pavement all the time to put out good shows. And I even send a little to Tim and to a little guy who, who <laughs> don't do any pounding of any pavement, but show up every week and, uh, yabber on about cycling. And it's, uh, it's pretty great. Yeah. So it's about I, I, I just, it's it's a nice warm fuzzy feeling, and I I have to check every single one of you uh, that signs up, uh, you know. So I see everybody's names, I see all the support from all you guys, and uh, so uh, year end recap. Just a big thank you from from us at the Slow Ride and from everyone at Wide Angle Podium, as well. Definitely, yeah, so many great people uh, to thank. So, all of so our many people and supporters. I definitely want to send uh, a big thank you to Theo for doing some brazing for me and getting the cargo bike going again for me. Oh, uh, he lovely. Took, took a very, uh, I shouldn't say what he asked for payment. Cause I feel like everyone's going to start sending him stuff for repairs if he did. Cause it was, <laughs> it was obscene. I told him that I break a lot of stuff and he's, he's making his own bed with this one. I'm going to be probably breaking more things. So, but, um, I will say I got, he did braised up that steering rod for me and it uh-huh. looks great. And I went to put it on last week, and uh, me being me, I had lost all the headset parts. Yeah, I couldn't of figure out where I put them. And so um, I just like an update on that because I told Theo that I hadn't got it back together because of that. And I still haven't, but I found the headset parts today. I, I went back in uh, after the big look the first time where I got really mad that I had lost my parts. And I, yeah. I like calmly went back to the room and like reassessed. And I found it so I can put the bike together this week. Gee. Um, you, you put yourself in your cycle cross race shoes from yeah. last year to figure out, to really embody the sense of where the headset could be. Yeah. I found it. Um, I, I hid it inside a box cause I, whatever. Don't uh, uh, PSA don't clean. Don't ever clean. Cause if you clean up, you lose things. Uh, it's my yeah. PSA. Um, the other person I'd like to thank is Angus, who's, who said he was going to send some tires to me, and he did. He sent me a bunch of amazing FMB tubulars and that have been through a tornado, supposedly, and they look amazing. And I got to say, uh, it's a long ways from cyclocross season, but I did spend a lot of time looking at those tires when they came. <laughs> I explained, 
I explained all the different tread patterns to Tom Boone and Tom Boone and did they Tom Boone and Tom Boone did not care, but I still spent the time to be like, now this tire would be good on a hard packed gravel day or perhaps a snowy day. Uh, went through all the tires patterns. They look great. I am very excited to glue them up. Um, yeah, I really want to race some grass now. Uh, I'm going to just look at those tires periodically through the year and remind myself to train and uh, do them justice. So thanks. It's a good motivator. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's get back to the show. Hello. This is Shireen from the last track Lions, and I don't listen to the podcast. All right, guys, here we are back at the podcast, the overflowing email bag. Some of these go back to early December. Um, We'll get to as many as we can, but we'll start from the oldest. I found a new race corner for you guys. This email comes to us from Trevor Oleniak. Hey, fellas, I'm a longtime listener to the podcast. I started listening when when I lived in Winnipeg. And then I moved to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and eventually ended up in Regina, Saskatchewan. I wrote those out fully just so I could hear Tim's version of their pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> jokes jokes on you, Trevor. I've ridden yeah. down the Yellowhead um, Highway from Winnipeg all the way to Edmonton, 24-hour drive, and went through both of your lovely cities. Wow. I was going to uh, say, if there's a minor league hockey team there, Tim probably knows how to pronounce the... The, t- the, the town name. Yeah. I appreciate that you've been working hard to diversify your listeners during the off season. And I have tried my hardest to listen to the cross country ski corner. Maybe it's the current absence of snow here on the prairies, or maybe it's just the subject matter, but I'm finding it a challenge to stay focused. I can't believe that I'm the only one <laughs> in order to keep the ears of your listeners. I propose that you start featuring the sport of pig racing. It's a combination of cyclocross racing and pigs. That's right, pigs, as in swine. I have no idea the specific breed, but they've actually quite attractive little animals. Couple that with some British commentary, and you might as well be watching Tom Pidcock or something. I don't know what happens to the losers in the race, but the winners (laughs) occupy a special place in my heart. Thanks for doing what you do. I really appreciate the podcast and Uh. look forward to the inevitable unboxing of Tim's Klein. Um, <laughs> it's already mentioned wow, on the man, show. Yeah, on, yeah, on brand. Dang. Uh, so thanks oh. for the note. I have seen pig racing before on YouTube. It's definitely uh, it was one of those like marble racing type things that came up during the pandemic. Yeah, uh, jumping over uh, things. Now the winner clearly becomes the swine of choice for Trobro Leon. That's oh. true. Get given to that- a road pro. What could be? What could be? Better makes gift. a lot of sense yeah if you're a pig yeah i was gonna say i'm very excited about this because i do get pig racing recommended to me in the youtube algorithm but i have not clicked uh mm. play on any of those videos tim are you saying this is worth it yes it's 100 worth it it's also like talk about it enough it will get fed on your instagram um uh-huh. feed and yeah it's great stuff i i, I also i also get bunny jumping um bunny ooh. jumping yeah like like an op like dressage for bunnies and like very small rabbits i don't know the deal but it, they're basically yeah going around an obstacle course and jumping over like uh miniature little horse things that they yeah. do yeah huh so you we guys got, watch um, on youtube they, this is what you're I'm feeding. Not sure 
I've been watching that. I've I've actually been doing a ton of research on Honda Actis. You know my mini key vans that I'm going to be getting. So yeah, so that's been a lot of my stuff. All I watch is Minecraft now. So dude, my kids really into Minecraft. Anyways, we won't talk about that. No, Um, let's uh, let's get into uh, we got we got two emails here from our resident scientist uh, Jeff Diefenbach, Uh. gentlemen of the southeast, upper Midwest, and northeast. I'm part of several online cycling communities, one of which is Cyclocross Radio CX Hairs Bulletin, scrambling to figure out how to fill the upcoming GCN void here in the good old USA, as we previously mentioned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Here's what the best minds have arrived at thus far. Sadly, not easy and not foolproof. One, acquire a European phone number. (laughs) Germany has been touted as a good country to choose. I'll Uh use that throughout for convenience, clarity, but other countries may work and may work better. One way to get such a phone number may be via Google. Another way would be a friend who's willing to help when confirmation texts come to that number. A third is to get a German mobile plan. So that's just step one. Get a German phone number. Okay. All right. I don't know where this is going, but I like it so far. Yeah, so far it's pretty easy. (laughs) Either for the phone number or for a later step in the sequence, you may need a German address. This probably Uh doesn't need to be an address where you actually receive mail, but it does need to be a legitimate residential address. It's going to be more of a challenge. Step three, get a German payment method, such as PayPal, but in Germany. You probably Uh need the German phone number for this, perhaps the German address. Step 3A, I'm just going to insert this one, become a German citizen. Yeah, um, okay. seems easy. Uh, yeah. Step 4, sign up for German Eurosport. Okay. Step okay. 5, watch German Eurosport using a VPN into Germany. Yeah, I'm exhausted too. So that's just too much for me. <laughs> that's and a that's, lot. That's the only way you can get it without, as Jeff says, catching the icky. Yeah, that's a lot, Tim. That's a lot. Maybe I will spend four thousand dollars to have HBO Max. <laughs> it's four thousand dollars in Australia. Four thousand dollars plus the ten dollar add on uh, for its sports package. There. Um, okay. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> Jeff Diefenbach, the corrector, as he says, immediately uh-huh. emailed us after the last week's episode. Gentlemen, you know who objects to Eric Bruner being dubbed the USA Cross Nets Elite Men's Defending Champion? Mm. Curtis, the Mayor White. Uh-huh. That's who. Yeah, yeah. We, and then yeah, we hear it. it wasn't just it wasn't just Jeff that got us at, oh, right. at, at all. No. Um let's see who who else who else happily pointed out I was wrong. Well we'll get to it at some point here because okay. we're just gonna keep this uh keep this show on the road. Hey guys, we got an email from our favorite time traveling cyclist. Of course I'm talking about Warren, who has been spending years uh. listening to our podcast about seven, eight months behind where we are. Dear Spencer, Tim, and Matt, and Judson, there's this guy I encounter occasionally on the road who waves cheerfully at me and sometimes addresses me by name, but I have been hard-pressed to respond for two reasons. One, didn't know who he was, and two, I have an old New York City habit that I'm trying to break of scowling at riders no matter how friendly they are. As if to say, how dare you gobble up half of my hard-won sliver of pavement? Now, thanks to episode 434, Florida Man, I know it's fellow time traveler Judson of the Pacific Northwest, who has been, (laughs) or at least has been as of April, 
because time travel gets you into some pretty confused is was territory listening to present episodes and then dipping into the back catalog when he ran out of them but listening in reverse order as you know i have been listening in chronological (laughs) order and remain months behind checking in when i hear myself mentioned to cross I got the extremes. Exci- What's going to happen? I know. Oh, I got excited for a hot minute the other day when I heard you do a Jiro preview and thought, I'm really catching up. But then I realized it was a preview of the 2023 Jiro. Side note, if you haven't read Kate Wagner's essay on Roglitch after the race, look it up and read it. While I cannot exactly endorse Judson's punchline first approach to listening, I can respect it. And I'll wave the next time I encounter him on the space-time continuum. But I can't promise I won't scowl. Yours in time travel, Warren. P.S. I realize this compliment is months late, but I laughed out loud at the writer's strike opening of episode 436, (laughs) the Taco Bell Century. I'm sure it helped that WGBA get better contract terms. That was a a little guy special. uh, Came up with that one in the green room. All right. No, we, really? I'll go, we didn't, go back. We didn't know each other because uh, we were actually just actors and we didn't have oh, a script. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was the funniest thing I wrote all year. Woo-hoo. That was a pretty good bit. That was a pretty that was good bit. That was a highlight. Of a we didn't know anything about yeah. bikes. It was, yeah. totally un- it was totally unbelievable, I'm sure. That we, yeah. you know. Ooh, we got an email from the Crab Cake. Oh. I was listening oh. to CX Radio while riding on the Greenway. And they were discussing how the sauce's boss was picking features and dropping them into the Dundamanda course seemingly at random to try and make a boring course more interesting. Mm-hmm. As I rode the greenway, I started thinking that Americans are used to artificially created environments. Mm. The Big Mouse has created pseudo-European <laughs> experiences in Florida where you can travel the world without getting jet lag or learning a new language. Oh. I used to do it routinely. It was great. I used to always love sending a text message to a friend be like, I'm in Italy. And then five minutes later, now I'm in Japan. Um, Anyways, when I was in Vegas, Kevin, the crab cake Dolan continues. When I was in Mm -hmm. Vegas for Interbike trade show years ago, the staff at the Venetian asked us if we wanted to dine indoors or out. I thought to myself, do they know we are in the middle of a 35-story building with a fake sky and a sunset? And did these people in the gondola actually pay for a trip in the canals? Developers have created golf courses with replica holes from famous courses such as Augusta, TPC, or St. Andrews. Why can't someone with unlimited funds, such as a Powerball winner, build a cyclocross theme park? If you were creating a cyclocross theme park, which famous feature would you steal from iconic venues to build a course? Would you build it in New England? I have heard that Connecticut is nice. Or maybe even (laughs) St. Louis, since it is centrally located in the U.S. P.S. I definitely have an extra Griffo tubular for the little guy. It definitely holds air. Oh, wow. I won't promise the base tape will adhere to the carcass under hard cornering. Kevin. <laughs> so I got to say, Thanks. gentlemen, yeah. um, I like this question. It's a great question. If we were going to build a cyclocross theme park or like mm-hmm. the best possible course with all the different features, mm-hmm. what would they be? Now, I've got the first one oh, um, if we were going to draft yeah, these. The the first one I'm going to take is definitely the the sand dunes at uh, oh, yeah. Coxida. That's good. That, Coxida. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Um, I would throw back to what happened today is Namur. There's that long off camber mud 
that every year uh, finds somebody out, and we get that long shot of the riders coming straight toward the camera, and they usually have to do like the one-legged kick. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to name these things because unlike road events, it's not like these hills have names. You know, you're like you know that little divot three-fourths of the way through the lap and more. Right. Uh, and if I can throw a second one in, uh, Spencer, real quick, I would definitely throw in the multiple bridges from the Urban Cross. Oh, no. <laughs> um, you would. What about, is that well, the scaffolding because, bridge from the Belgian Nationals a few years back oh, that just that went over the highway? Really that was That was, that really was pretty too. awesome. Yeah. Well, because to get from this sand dune, we have to get from Tim's sand dune over to a muddy off-camber. It's got to be muddy all the time, so we can't get to, too close together yeah. because the sprinklers are always going to be on the Namur the Namur Hill and then and then the other side has to be kind of dry. So it's okay. kind of so, you know logistically how we build Okay, this. so so you've got a couple in there. You got the the off camber um and you got the bridges. Now Spencer uh what do you got? I heard I heard the keyboard going. So I know you were trying to dig in to the to the one that you wanted to get the name to pronounce it perfectly. The perfect pronunciation. Yeah, I was trying to remember um what the flaming circus event was at Fayetteville World Championships because there was there had to be something memorable that happened there really? that was really good. Really? Because yeah. it don't, it wasn't like a terrible course and a bad design or anything. It was a perfect event. <laughs> but I can't. I, it, it won't pop into my mind. So I mm-hmm. guess I I was gonna go with uh, Namor as well because I it is just the best. Cyclocross race, and I think if you could I, I like recreate a... one, I would just do that one. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, little guy, because I haven't watched it in a couple years. Yeah. Namor has like that tight uh, left hand kind of corner off of a, a paved path uh, onto oh, some yeah. like stone stairs, right? Yeah. Like a run up. That well, I, didn't, I, I didn't think watch is a section. Today, so yeah, they often have that that super tight. That's nice. it's a really good course. See, this is the problem with creating a best of cyclocross course because some mm-hmm. of them, I feel like every week I think this is the best cyclocross course because they have. Well, that's kind of the point, I, right? I, so, I think that all the time so, too. But at the end of the day, Namor is the best one. Um, I would throw in, and I cannot for the life of me remember the name of this one, but it's a Dutch race where they literally ride through a windmill, and it's very <laughs> yeah. like it's yeah. very like. They go down and up, and it's super steep, but it's super small because it's basically they're just like on dikes and stuff, and they mm-hmm. went through a windmill. That kind of amazing. So that would be cool. I guess that you know we've got a pretty good list already started. I think uh, the other one that I'd like to see is put a little American flavor on it. Is I want the I want uh, Mount Crumpet yeah, Mount from Crumpet, uh, Jingo yeah. Cross uh, yeah. back up. Can, and just if we could ever have seen worlds there or like guys i know we've seen some good world cup racers there but we never saw the cream of the absolute crop racing there except chris horner um never and just to be able to see, see that yeah. um but anyways that that would have been uh, the, uh really uh, cool so grinch's lair and i know it's not uci legal and you guys know when they went when they went through the when they went through the uh the horse pen the horse bar just, and then you like you went through it was narrow, and then it got really narrow, and then you took like a left-hand drop yeah. out of the the horse pen, and it was what three feet wide. Oh, yeah, it was amazing! If that, it was amazing. Yeah. Three decameters ride. It was they great. They snuck that in a f- like one or two years when it was just barely a UCI race, but man, yeah. got a so. email here. Uh, hey, one quick second. Where 
if we're building a cyclocross theme park, where in the U.S. is it going to be? I can't argue with Connecticut. He brought up Connecticut. I can yeah. argue with Connecticut. Uh, so I don't think it's appropriate because it's not a tourist destination. New York City, tourist destination. Connecticut exists because of New York. You know? That's why it's well, not part of New England. Um, St. Louis is going to be affordable. We'll be able to get laid yeah. <laughs> They got an international airport there or just like a regional thing? You know, they say it's an international <laughs> I think you can, airport. I think you can fly Frontier feels, there or something. A bit Interesting. Like a it, is, uh, it is a nice so, uh, mid-century... Uh, Modernist affair there. Okay, we're not putting that. We're, we're not putting this in St. Louis. Yeah, no, it's going to be guy, successful. There's, there's three choices that we have in the good old U.S. of A. Right. Number one is L.A. because everything goes in L.A. No. Num- okay. And all the stars want to go there. Like Vanderpool will come to visit L.A. He's not going to come to visit uh, Iowa City, unfortunately. Uh, that's um, true. You're right about that. The other one is like a, a Dallas, Texas, or somewhere where they just have more space than they knew what to do with. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that one's a no-go. The last one is, of course, Orlando, because they know how to build a theme park. <laughs> I See, I think that it would actually... It, there's a good chance this actually happens, but it will happen in Fayetteville, North, in Arkansas. Like, you were on the right track. Like, when they created the World's Course, they could have just, like, imported actual Coxida sand dunes mm-hmm. um, with all their money. Um, but Orlando, I mean, yeah, I guess if you wanted more than 50 people to the race, uh, it'd be awesome. But, uh, you know, that'd be good. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with to, somewhere in New England. They get the hotels to handle all the the cyclocross fans yeah, that would yeah, surely yeah, flock right. uh, to. All right, let's get to let's get to our next email. Let's. I'm keep just this saying, thing you could do the this, whole World Cup within this, like an Astrodome type of thing in Orlando somewhere, and just sort of configure the course every week. Like, oh, now this week it's Namora. This week it's Coxida. This week it's you know kind of like they do for monster trucks and motocross and stuff. They oh. just move all the dirt around. It's yeah, a pretty it's, good idea. Yeah. Then Wout just lives uh, in a, a Radisson uh, for for <laughs> eight weeks in Orlando. Yeah. They'd be so stoked. They would. Nice wide roads. This next email comes to us from Craig. Have to tell someone who cares. Hello, slow riders. Last year, my wife and I hosted a foreign exchange student for our local, local high school. A very sweet girl from Belgium. She stayed with us from August 2022 through June of 23. An entire school year. When we were getting to know her before she arrived, it came out that her father worked in professional cycling and much to my delight for a world tour team. Oh, as it turns out, he is a member of management for Intermarche Circus Wanti. I would often bring this up to friends and family during her stay, but no one really cared. Meanwhile, (laughs) I was over the moon. And while our student was here, we spent many days watching races and discussing the team and riders. So to keep this short, the best thing I got out of the experience, besides a lifelong friendship with the student and an open invite to the tour and classics, is a gift in the form of this Intermarche Limited 2023 Giro jersey. Uh, Thought Spencer would enjoy. Keep up the great work. Craig from Indiana. And it is a beautiful picture of the Intermarche jersey that had like the tie-dye blue and yellow highlighter um, look on there. It is fantastic. Uh, this is so cool. Craig, first off, thank you so much for um, sharing. And Craig, I believe that this is your first email to the Slow Ride Podcast. So thank you and welcome to the club. And uh, oh, man, this sounds like you won the lottery of a foreign exchange student. Lottery, yes. Uh, look, look, most of us at some point in our lives, I'm sure Tim, probably little guy, have been like, 
you know, talking to somebody random and they find out you like cycling and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this pro guy or I know somebody involved with the team or at this company or whatever. And, and you know, the reaction is like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, a guy (laughs) or like, you know, Mm -hmm. your buddy races on a regional amateur team, whatever, you know, like it's not that impressive, Mm -hmm. but to, to, to get that and then to dig a little deeper and find out that Oh, they actually work for a world tour team. Like, and you know, the coolest one, like it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I would totally be cashing in Craig, get on a plane, go to Belgium and cash in now. Um, you know, the Jersey's great. It's fantastic. It's an hors d'oeuvre for the amount of time and energy you put into working and providing a, mm-hmm. uh, a home for exchange students. It's a, it's a great opportunity. We've had some uh, exchange students come through uh, my household when I was growing up and then also some uh, exchange uh, professors at the University of Minnesota. It's wonderful and it's totally rewarding. And, oh, man, take advantage of it. And people do care. It's us. And <laughs> I really want to know, like, were you getting some inside tidbits about, uh, like, what was happening in the world of Intermarché? Um, oh man, it's so cool. So awesome. Thank you uh, again for sharing. Here's the thing. Here's my pro tip because I've never had this experience before and I'm never going to, and I haven't thought about it until right now when I heard this email, but I know exactly what you need to do. You're going to be tempted to go to Belgium during the spring classics, to go to the Flanders, to go to, you know, uh, all, all the, all the big ones. It's too much hype. It's too much. You're going to get like the last possible press seat in the, in the bus, you know, like it's not, it, you're just going to be, you know, shuffled around. What you need to do is try to get there early ahead of the season. You might need to start planning now, get there for team training camp, low key. The vibes are mellow. You can go on some rides with everybody. The new riders, they don't even know you're not like part of the team management. They're probably going <laughs> to treat you pretty nice. They're going to chat your ear off. <laughs> Uh, thinking they're greasing the wheels for next contract year. Uh, you know, you need to take advantage of that. That's uh, that's my strategy. That's the tip. That's good strategy. I like that. <laughs> Please help my dad and raid his pain cave. This is a follow-up email coming to us from Justin. You may remember Justin sent a photo of him in his Savannah townhome with little Philippe staring on as dad was in the the dining room training yeah. for nationals. Yeah. Well, Justin writes to us little Ala Philippe following up on my previous email. Fortunately, my father's very Savannah pain cave has returned to duty as our dining room. But for some reason we continue to eat dinner on the couch after the podcast and your great coaching advice. I told my dad that he should really listen to Spencer and realize that he peaked a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure he was getting beat by that guy in the shark costume before Sharky was disqualified. Mm -hmm. Despite being irritatingly slow, he did end up to rock the one cog with one of the coolest looking bikes in the field. And the only real answer to the loss of the Surly Crosscheck is a custom built 4130 steel frame from Peru made by Merino Bikes. And Justin includes the photo. We will put that... uh, on uh, on the Instagram, little guy will put this one up on the Instagram, uh, and it's the old. It's got a sweet originate fork, looks fantastic. I love the pink paint job on this bad boy. 
Um, and Justin, thank you so much for uh, contributing. Great job rocking the one cog and not getting disqualified at nationals. <laughs> yeah. If uh, if there's any shred of integrity left in the single speed community, you know, next year at nationals, every single person on that starting line has to have cut their sleeves off, right? Oh, or yeah. go as a Everyone's- shark. Everyone goes, yeah, everyone's shark. We're all sh-. So when they say, who's the shark? And then everyone goes, I'm the shark. I'm the shark. It's a whole Spartacus moment. Yeah, yeah. It, it should be a Spartacus moment. Yeah. Absolutely. We have a year to plan. And, and a year is maybe enough to get the single speeders coordinated. Yeah. Let's protest something important. <laughs> Greetings from my monk cell pain cave in Vancouver, British Columbia. Buoyed by the listener's request for a Slow Ride Podcast jersey, I'm going to ask for a Slow Ride Podcast cycling cap to be produced. Put me down for a couple, one for commuting, the other one hanging out at co-ops and coffee shops while uh-huh. talking about cross-checks and campy. Don't forget to wave to your other riders you see on the road. This is from Julian in yeah. Vancouver. Julian, thank you so much. We do need to, at minimum, make a new cycling cap. You know, you guys, you remember I spoke about something almost like a cycling cap the other day and i have an idea for a cycling cap that can also be the almost cycling cap well we'll take it off air but i think i think it's gonna be it's gonna kill two birds with one stone and one bird nobody even knew existed or needed to die but we're gonna do it. <laughs> good excellent it sounds like a, i love the innovation we need to find a way to get money to take money in that's that's the next step in this process we'll figure it out one of these days but How julian thank you so much for money <laughs> <laughs> how money unless people uh, want to just email like mail us cash and that's probably wire fraud 24 yeah <laughs> don't start to okay send me this. here's what we do we we go to our local fedex kinkos and we make a small catalog and we mail it we mail it to anyone who sends us a self-addressed stamped envelope and they can order what they want from the catalog and mail it to us and and we'll hopefully have what they want and ship it to them. And if we don't, we'll send them a nice letter saying, sorry, it was out of stock. Ooh, that's a good one. Better yet, maybe they sent us a postcard, and we collect all the postcards, and then we do a lottery for however many hats we have, something like that. And if yeah. they win, they have to send us a check. Now, little guy, I see you're holding something. I'm holding something. Are we doing Tim, a giveaway? You remember. Well, we need to come up with a way to do the giveaway, because I had forgotten that we have this from Glasgow Worlds. Uh, we... We're lucky enough to get this amazing. No, let's talk about what happened. The, let's yeah, let's say we didn't we didn't yeah. just scramble upon it. A, a good friend of ours, um, yes. just we were walking through the uh, the BMX Flatland Trials area, and every every volunteer was wearing basically something that looks like a Miami Dolphin or an Astana fan would wear. A very teal 
polo shirt that had a nice patch on it that just said UCI Glasgow Worlds. <laughs> and our friend walked up to one of those and said, where did you get those? And Oh, and it's got a giant little patch on it. Lydell or little. Yeah, on the arm. Um, yeah, it's great. And the universal response from the volunteers was like, well, just over there at the volunteer tent. You just had to, you know, when we checked in, we got free shirt. So our friend being one of us decided to walk over and just walk in and say like, Hey, I'm here to volunteer. Where's my shirt. And he was proceeded to be given like a table of options, but all they were, were like double extra large and large. So we have a shirt that we need to give. It's It's a a large. large. We have a shirt to give away. It's, it's lovely. It's it's a Scottish it's a Scottish summer shirt, so it'd be appropriate for the winter here. Um, but yeah, so we also need to do a giveaway for that. Yeah, we got a giveaway. So he he snagged two shirts. He snagged one that fits me, and I'm keeping it. So that's the thing. Yeah. But uh, so, I have this large one in the bag, and I'd forgotten about it. And we should give it away. But start 2024 off right by. Oh, that's right. Do we do we have a contest that we want to do that people need to email us in or or tweet us or something? What like are you thinking of a email, contest? Email email so twenty twenty three? Uh twenty twenty four podcast started. Uh, it's all about Twitter the, then. It's all yeah, Twitter. Twitter's dead. Yeah. Tr- threads. It's all about it's all about the postcards now. We gotta get a P.O. box. Tim, this is your mission. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm working on it. We're talking about we do need a p.o box that would be the send in postcards all right enter the enter the drawing and tim will select a winner i think that's the way to go we'll put our minds to it um (laughs) this next email comes to us from uh joseph who we've been uh uh, speaking with out of australia another great pod your comments about the tour divide being this more of the spirit of gravel than i realized everyone's favorite australian lachlan morton probably just killed it and the spirit of gravel along with it so we talked about Tour Divide, and then Lachlan Morton's out there with his television crew mm-hmm. taking uh, photos. Uh, just it's going to be an illegal ride. Um, this got me thinking, am I the issue? Did Australia kill the spirit <laughs> of gravel? And what other things have we killed? After five minutes, I have five examples of Australians killing the romance of cycling and cycling in general. Whoa. First, Robbie McEwen killed the spirit of Mario Cipollini with his no train sniping stage wins. He had no business winning. Yeah. Very true. I yeah. like that though. I like yeah. that's a good death in my book. So Yeah, but I he like he killed it. Then Cadell Evans killed both Andy and Fred Frank Schleck. All while making winning boring. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Another that's thing Cadella Evans actually killed is uh collarbones. 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 More collarbones broken than anyone? Matt Heyman killed the dream of Tom Boonin's winning five Paris Roubaix. Yeah. And recently, Robbie McEwen joined GCN Plus, and look how that ended. Coincidence? (laughs) I think not. (laughs) Oh, no. Poor Robbie. Now, that's only four things. Oh, wait. Fifth. Bike exchange. Enough said. That's a good one. That's a good one. Please help me change my mind. Regards, Joseph. Um, yeah, no, I mean, what- I, I think that five was kind of a a gray area. I think a, a better number five could be um, Michael Matthews uh, killing 
um, Australia's chance at any world championship in their recent history. Ouch. What about Australian cycling in killing the month of February in the off season? Yeah, what about the with tour these, down with these, under? With yeah. these with these races, the tour down under and the Cadell yeah. Owen uh, Evans uh, stage race. Anyways, I mean, <laughs> I'll I'll stand up for Australia. They we got Phil Anderson out of it. Uh, some really good ponytails. Mm-hmm. Lots of just. Just search, for, just Google image some Phil Anderson shots from back in the day, and you'll be like, "Yeah, this." Is the good and it's, stuff. Uh, I mean, the best part about Australia has got to be the the shipping cost of getting uh, your merch from Bike House Dunedin's got to be pretty pretty mellow compared to most of the rest of the world. Yes, the it's Australia's best bike shop in Dunedin, New Zealand. <laughs> that's, that's right. Just, just, hey, we're American sorry, Jeff. You got the dog, Jeff. We helped you out as much as we could. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next oh, email I, comes I know, to us. Look, I know it's a different place. Come on. <laughs> this next email comes to us from David in Charlotte, North Carolina, the home of NASCAR. Vroom, vroom. David, uh, I believe this is your first email. Thank you so much for sending one in. Pro team kit use and car ownership guests. Hi, Slow Ride. While listening to episode 465, four, as I dress for today's road outing, I heard Tim say, that the use of pro team kits should be fine with the exception of UCI or national championship colors. He mentioned an exemption for national championship kits from countries no one has heard of. <laughs> I, do, I don't recall saying that, but yeah, I'm sure I did. did. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, given generally poor state of geographic awareness in our great America, yeah. Yeah. do I get a pass wearing... The Dog Auto Loritsen Time Trial Championship jersey from 1990. And it's the Norwegian National Championship jersey. It's got a Mo- Motorola uh, logo. Yeah. This thing That's looks good. That's good. beautiful. Beautiful. It's great. Um, also, for the attorney with the attic training space and distinctive equipment, my guess for the car type would be the Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. Ooh, I don't uh, think there's one of those dealers in Minnesota. Did I? So, can I tell you guys an Alfa Romeo story real quick? I don't think it's an Alfa Romeo too. I'm gonna say no. There's not a lot. I think that one went out of business here. But when Alfas first popped back around a couple years ago, uh-huh. I one day had to, as a bike courier, had to go to somebody's house and pick up a key, and I was uh-huh. handed a key to an Alfa Romeo, and I was told to take it to Franklin and Nicollet, uh-huh. and I was like that's weird and i went there because this guy had like him and his wife he dropped her off and she'd gone somewhere else and then he realized that she had the key uh-huh. you know just go in and you push the button so he was just sitting in the car and she left and then after a little bit he tried to turn the car on and he couldn't turn the car on because the key was in her purse Right. So I had to deliver this guy the key to his car that he was sitting in. It was super weird. The whole thing felt like maybe I was stealing a car. But um Possibly. He, I don't know. He drove away and that's did all he, I know. It was Did he give you a tip, little guy? Nobody nobody ever tipped. I this understand was the time that. I should have gotten a tip. This yeah, is the time I should have. This is a, a random guy. You're saving his entire day, and he drives an Alfa Romeo. You know he had yeah. the money to tip. No, it's true. No, I did not get a tip on this one. So, quick shout out, Dave. Thank you. Um, I just want to remind you, uh, little guy and Spencer, that I am the fifth grade geography B state finalist. 
Um, so oh. I know where my countries are. Um, we got a text message that came in. Um, Spencer, you may record, uh-huh. uh, recall friend of the pod, longtime listener and longtime rabble rouser, uh, Derek Lewis. Um, texted us to say the latest edition of me yelling into my podcast speaker cyclist lawyer co-op shopper minnesotan so close spencer but it's the volvo hybrid that's mostly electric with a backup gas engine it says i'm an elite northerner with scandinavian values two granola for yellow seatbelts but once in a while i need a road trip to grandma's and can't commit to mid road trip recharges Still absurdly expensive. Great mm-hmm. pod, kids. Mm-hmm. So there now, you go. I, I appreciated this uh, attempted correction um, from from Derek, uh, but I'm going to go out on a limb and, and um, say that he's wrong. Uh, still, still wrong. I, I understand the point. Um, hybrid rather than full electric for the Volvo wagon uh, makes a lot of sense for uh, the reasons that he listed out, but... You're forgetting one key uh, feature there, uh, Derek, is the Porsche SUV that's also in the two-car garage next to the Volvo. Uh, so when you're worried about the the range, uh, you know, on the trip to Grandma's or wherever, um, you just take the uh, you take the old four-door Porsche SUV uh, when you need to do that. So no problems there. Uh, no need to get a hybrid. That's a good point. Good point. All right, let's get into uh, this email comes to us from Spencer Hackett. It's regarding Hess trucks, but let's give a shout out to Spencer, who's been a lifelong fan of the Columbus crew who won the MLS Cup championships two weeks ago. Spencer, it's always been a great follow on Twitter um, and the Columbus, Ohio community. We hold dear. I know that uh, uh, Spencer's now out in uh, uh, Philadelphia, but the Columbus crew did win. So, hello, Slow Ride Pod. Long-time listener, first-time listener, Spencer here. Long-time mailer, first-time listener, Spencer here. Recently, you discussed the famous Hess trucks, a toy near and dear to my heart. My mom's side of the family was from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and the Hess toy truck was a regular Christmas gift from Grandpa. Originally, uh, the truck was a half Hess branded fire truck with working lights and sirens throughout its life cycle. The trucks have had various functions. My favorite being a semi with an F one style race car in the intermodel container. Starting in 1960, uh, 1986 and every year for 18 years, my grandfather bought me a Hess toy truck for Christmas. The only idea being that they would be a keepsake that accrued in value. They were not a toy. Now you may recall he's bring this up because yeah. We had a pain cave submission that had a lot of Hess trucks in the background um, mm-hmm. from our friend that's going to go to uh, Trexler Town to, uh, to scout out the swap for us. Now, I learned this the hard way one year when I gleefully tore the wrapping paper from the Hess toy truck box, removed it from its packaging, inserted the batteries underneath the fire truck, and began to play with it. No more than five minutes went by before I overextended the ladder from the platform and it snapped in half. Mm-hmm. My grandfather ex- exclaiming, these are not toys. They are meant to be displayed and looked at. These will be worth hundreds, if not thousands of dollars one day. Every subsequent Christmas, the joy and excitement of a new Hess toy truck was dulled when all I was allowed to do was insert the batteries and run the lights and sirens a few times before repackaging it and putting it into storage. (laughs) Fast forward 25 years and prior to moving, funnily enough, to Eastern PA, I found my Hess toy truck seemingly well-preserved. I ran to eBay to check their value. 
Few, if any, were worth more than the original retail value, except, of course, the original truck I got with the broken ladder. It had an eBay auction value of over $250. I donated them to the kindergarten where I hope they'll make up for all the lost playtime I never gave them. A few weeks later, after settling in Philadelphia, a Hess toy truck commercial aired aired during Jeopardy. This year's model was a Hess police truck and cruiser. I'm sure six-year-old Spencer would have been thrilled. But 38-year-old Spencer poured himself a drink and wept. Anyway, thank you for bringing up a fond memory of my childhood. I'll send a few photos of my trainer cave, but I am afraid to see the criteria as we're on the fourth floor of a center city apartment building. Happy holidays. And I'm done. I, th- there's there's two there's two PSs here. I I didn't know. Sometimes we get PSs and I'm not supposed to read them, but I'm gonna read this. A handful of episodes ago, Tim invited me on the pod, and I never really f- never formally received my invite. If you think I've forgotten, I haven't. I actually wait on my USPS carrier every day, hoping the letter will arrive. But until then, I'm going to tackle the maniac wall since Spencer never did, and at least and isn't on the Strava leaderboard. I'll be the top Spencer. There you go. Nice. So nice. I didn't know the Hess trucks were such a thing. Did you? Yeah. No, because it, it's like, it's an East Coast. Yeah, you know, it's not around not around here not in the Midwest. Uh, I only well, learned about it in the last few I think years. the police and fire truck one looks pretty awesome. So, uh, Spencer, you should probably go by that. I get those sirens working again. Um, we got a uh, actual pancake from Benjamin. Uh, hello from the city beautiful Omaha, Nebraska. I'm a medium time listener <laughs> yeah. from before episode 400, but ap- after Strada Bianchi in 2021. And I have technically been mentioned on the show once before in episode 411, but I have never felt it necessary to email until the luxury pain cave folks came out of the woodwork. <laughs> and now I'm emailing because I have had to, I've been called to share my pandemic pave cave. Like many, I took to indoor cycling with gusto during the early days of the pandemic. The available place in our house was the basement, so I rode there. See the attached photos. The art used to hang in the handlebar and grill in Denver. Please note the Velo News artwork is signed. The large TV is an off-brand Korean model that would glitch out once per ride, requiring turn off and on. And the spice rack was a wedding gift I couldn't part with. The laptop... Pictured is a work laptop from a job I had been laid off from three and a half months before the picture was taken. I eventually returned it. In the winter, the space would get cold, like 41 degrees before a January Zwift Zwift Racing League race cold. I didn't even need a fan until we got our basement finished at the end of 2021. Good news is I still use my work laptop for Zwift, but I just have a better job now. I ride in my office and I sit every day where my rear tire is sitting in these photos. I appreciate what I have now because I've had it worse before. Thanks for the laugh. Tim, my name is so easy. I bet you nail it. Ben. <laughs> and then Ben Ben shared a, uh, a pain cave uh, picture. Um, he didn't, uh, and it just says, oh, here's the picture because he didn't include it the first time. So maybe he's from uh, the Twin Cities as well. But um, it's a pretty <laughs> badass looking cave. Um, with it being like redone, um, mm-hmm. the original one is pretty amazing. It it's looks like a murder fuel. basement. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a murder basement. Yeah, um, little guy will get this up on the Instagram uh, before the uh, end of the week. <laughs> little guy, you got a lot of jobs this episode. 
I, I'm I, traveling I tomorrow. I, I'm traveling tomorrow. I can't very do it. Specifically calling me out on it so that if it doesn't happen, I'm I'm to blame. Yeah. Well, it's fine. thank I'll you, do do thank it. you, Ben, for uh, the email. It was always <laughs> great to see um, those types of uh, pain caves. Uh, I love that. This is our first transformation uh, before and after situation. It is. True. Do you think you know we could get a job, an HG? TV show, uh, where we redo people's pain caves, but we just make them more murder basementy. Like people have this like, <laughs> normal room, and we rip off all the drywall. We send some nails through. This we, is like, way too shove nice. Shove a litter yeah. box in the corner. We like, like they're, they're, they're in the background. The I don't even have a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like we we break. We like maybe like just drop the TV while we're installing it, so it mm-hmm. has like a little like couple broken pixels in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to give it the true hand-me-down feel that uh, uh, well, we have authentic pain caves. Yeah, defines a pain did cave. You, you know? Logan, yeah. did you open up this email um, from uh, uh, Andy Crunky? The the video. Oh, I don't know if I did. The the, oh, the yes, video. Oh no, I did. I watched the video. <laughs> yeah. I'm watching. Uh, I mean, I don't know what I yeah. downloaded. I felt like as risky as watching um, bike racing before um, Warner Brothers Discovery saved us from the shame. I like. But so to let people know, he sent us this video. The email is just. It's just there's a video attachment. I was brave enough. This shows the faith I have in the listeners. I I opened it. And then he sent a follow-up email that was like, maybe that was the little seemed a little weird and risky, and you guys didn't watch that. But no, I watched it before you even prefaced it with the like, trust yeah. me, it's complete safe. disregard for your your yeah. network security. Yeah. Yes. So it, please send send me weird videos. It it's a great teaser, and what it is is the race scene from. Uh, the hell of the West from our favorite movie that we've watched many years and every year review on the 4th of July. Of course, I'm talking American flyers and on the top of his screen is American flyers race underneath is a Zwift race. And it's actually time. Pretty awesome. You know, in a Zwift uh, Peloton, just like uh, the, the cannibal uh, mm. Munster is as uh, they're about to attack. Uh, Andy, thank you um, so much. Um, and he does continue sincerely, not a lawyer with an Audi. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, and, and here it is. So um, very excited. So this week on the pod, Andy, and uh, have a great uh, uh, rest of the training season. We've got two more emails I want to get to this week um, to wrap up the year because this is our last show of the calendar year. Um, so what That's better true. way to than to get the, the final three here? Let's just make sure that okay. we cl- right. start the year on a, on a clean slate. This next email comes yep. to us from Jordan. Howdy, fellas. Love the pod. Always enjoyable listen to both on and off the bike. I just felt compelled to write in to let you know how badass this Chapman tool roll is. Extra uh. grams be damned. I swear this is higher quality than the shop tools I work on my bike with at home. While the tiny saddlebags on my road bike still carry some nameless multi-tool, I don't plan on going on any long adventure ride on the mountain bike or gravel bike without this glorious necessity. Thank you for passionately pushing it. Like many, I initially said there is no reason for me to splurge on that. So glad you convinced me otherwise. Thanks for the miles of smiles. Jordan from Bentonville, a.k.a. the Crash Hopper. Um, First off, glad you liked it. 
Um, yeah. It was awesome. We loved was- working with Chapman. They're sold out, unfortunately, so we're happy that you did jump on it with the 131 other people that bought one. And uh, yeah, you know, the Slow Ride Podcast, we only recommend things we trust, wink, wink, or people that give us money. But we love the Chapman tool roll. It is awesome. Wink, wink. It is. Used mine earlier today. Man, Bentonville. Everyone's living in Bentonville now. What's there? Huh. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All right. I'm a target person. Uh, hello, Slow Ride. <laughs> Attach. Please find photos of my pain cave. And of course, little guy will be putting these up this week. And some of its finer details, including tubulars ha- hung up, aging uh, to perfection, beautiful. bins of children's clothing, hand-me-downs, a selection of some of my favorite race numbers, and of course, a bucket. The last picture is the yes. cat box workshop in the next room for reference about 15 feet away. The pro tip, always throw sweaty kit in the wash immediately after a Zwift sesh and hang it on the hanger to dry, socks, headband, and all so it's ready for next time. Try and remove those little barriers that complicate getting on the bike at 6 a.m. Thanks, your friend Leo Black Label from Minneapolis, longtime listener. Did you both see the photos here that Leo put in? Because the number collection that Leo has, the number collection. it's good. I, I kind of want to start racing bikes again to do it. But definitely the highlight of the number collection was Leo has his Nicolet Mall Pass, Messenger Pass up there. He had D2. Um, so yeah. he had the yellow tag. For those that don't live in Minneapolis, they're used to at one time when downtown was busy with people. There was a street that was buses only. And the only bikes that were allowed on it were working couriers, and you had to go to City Hall and spend $10 to get a yellow placard that you would then put in your spokes. Um, you're supposed to put, I think, on your bag um, with the eyelets. Well, they, and, yeah, they give you two, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, the first day I was a courier, I went straight there to get it. I was B10. Um, and yeah, Leo has his uh, D2 up. It looks freaking awesome. Little guy, do you remember your Nicolet Pass uh, number? I, I do because it is hanging up down uh, in my workshop. And the little Tambunin Tambunin asked me tonight. We were down there. He said, what is E8? E8. I got to explain to him. Uh, the glorious the days of, about how much pride we had having those. Because the Jimmy yeah. John's I mean, it was, riders didn't really have them. That was, like, no, it was yeah. totally. It was yeah. totally a mark of being cool at that point. Or at least we thought it was. Yeah. You know, like, whoa. Spencer, what was yours? Pretty sure it was E2. E2. I'm pretty sure it's this, in a little box uh, somewhere. In yeah, the I've closet. got mine here, and it's. I think the whole point, right, was like the letter was the company, and then was it? I think so. Yeah, I think I that like that's how they did it because on really. time was B. No, because I think um, some other on time writers had B as well. Mm. Oh, anyways, I worked for. Well, I I didn't work for the same company as Spencer when I got mine. So yeah, there's some. No. It's only after I gave you some. There are some pretty that, good uh, numbers. We hired you. <laughs> there are some pretty good numbers here, though, because they're just like, yeah. This is your Wednesday cross number. Bring each wake, like, like is what's yeah. written on the number, or your your Tuesday crit bib number. <laughs> like that's it. Bring each week. Classic oh. Minnesota bike racing, right there. I'm a is little it? disappointed. Uh, Leo didn't have the Decordy on the trainer. I don't know if he still has the Decordy, but the Bianchi looks really nice. He does have a couple uh, spoke cards, uh, uh, Almanzo on there, the aging tubulars, but 
the money shot of this uh, basement is away from the trainer. It's when you actually go behind like where the photographer is of the trainer and Leo mm-hmm. turns around and you just see the basement that doesn't have drywall up and it's just like shop vac, random bike equipment all over. Um, so awesome to see. Uh... Looks like a good basement. All right, let's get to our last email of 2023. And um, I think then we'll, uh, we'll call it a week and uh, a year that's been wonderful. So this last one comes to us from Gary Jones. Christmas present. Speaking of campy, which you probably were not, I just stumbled on a site. Maybe it was a Campagnola that was selling the campy corkscrew for 260 euros. Of course, I've always wanted one, but not of my fellow cyclists have gifted me one. In fairness, I have not gifted them one either. So it seems like it's up to me. The question is, am I worth a $260 corkscrew? The quick answer is probably no, but maybe after a bottle, maybe. Should I be my own secret Santa? Not sure I am worthy of that despite two full campy builds, but it is very cool. And my thumbs are in shape. My wife will say, (laughs) is that new? And I'll say this old thing, but how guilty should I be? Note that tie is the same cost as chrome or any other finish. So another dilemma. What does the Slow Ride Podcast Troika say? Gary. Oof. Oof. It's pretty cool. It's pretty useless, but it's pretty cool. I mean, depends on how much wine you're going through, little guy. Do you not drink wine, little guy? Because I'm pretty sure corkscrew is, 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 is useful. Well, if you kind want of wine, it's, it's, kind of hard, it's kind of hard to get wine out. It's useful, but it's not. I mean, there are other corkscrews out now, there. Now, hang, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. This coming from a guy who's got how many tubular wheels in your basement? Um, it's it's useful, but like, oh. Nine or ten. Nine or ten. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. Oh, no, I totally agree. I think... If I drink as much wine as my dad drinks, yes, I'd got, get it. If I drink as much wine as I drink, uh, little guy, I'd get enough use. Famously against having a weird specific tool for a very specific job. Oh no, I, no, no! So no, you're, you're you're making me rethink this, Spencer. You're right. I am all about buying a very specific tool and using it one time. Uh-huh. Years ago, I was I was against that, and then I bought a specific bottom bracket tool, and it changed my mind. Yeah. I was like I might never use that again, but my knuckles aren't bleeding. So yeah, go for it. Do it. Oh, 100%. It's, it's the same thing with a bottle of wine. If you have a wine yeah. opener, you can just open the wine oh. and your knuckles aren't bleeding. Yeah. 100,000% do this. Like, you kidding? Yeah. Okay. Like, but what finish? You getting the tie one? Tim's getting the tie one. Definitely getting tie. Like, there's, that's not even a question. Um, and I so, think that, yeah, it's a, it's a no brainer. Get the tie. And also, I, I do. I think he answered the the other part here. Um, and and the, the the one comment that I have is that when his wife says, "Why'd you get a new bottle opener?" He just goes, "Oh, this thing." And the answer is, "I bought it at the swap." Not, well, okay, that's one way. Here, here's my take on it: is you buy the antique bronzed color one because, well, for me, it matches my campy belt buckle that I have. Um, but. When when your wife says, "Why did you buy that wine fancy wine opener?" you say, "Well, because I got you a nice bottle of wine, and exactly. yes, 
dinner's on me tonight. I'm cooking or I picked up uh, your favorite restaurant and then all oh, is forgiven or, yes. or, or at least forgotten. That's off. Oh, you're, you're smart. You're smart. I just want to point out you. I did not know you had a campy belt buckle. I do. Do you still have the Durace belt buckle that you got made at the mall? Like probably the Harmar Mall for like nine ninety nine when they blocked it together. You it's still do it, that thing. It's right here. Can we get a picture of that on the Instagram? Because that may be one of the coolest. Like you can I screen grab it right now. All right, all right just oh. keep it up. That oh, that that is like one of those things that um, you know my um. I still talk to uh, uh, friends about. It. I'm like, oh man, my buddy Spencer's got a Durace belt buckle. Now this was not oh, made so at the mall, Tim. This was made in the hood. Like this was at some <laughs> weird little, uh, weird little ch- gangster shop down somewhere that specialized in like lowrider stuff, and uh, they made weird custom belt buckles and grills. It's a brilliant idea. I th- yeah. I would. I kind of want to get one. Could we get one to just say SRP across the front? Maybe people will buy that. Man, we've got a lot of things we got to sell. Yeah, and I could. I don't wear it as a belt buckle anymore, but I do hang on to it because of sentimental value. Well, it's yeah. so awesome. And with that... It would have been weird if it just said 105. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And it just keep breaking. Centaur, it was like a lot heavier. Centaur would be powerful, or Chorus. Uh, that would be uh, good, too. Of course it'd be well, Gentlemen, it has been a wonderful 2023. We'll be back at the flip side of 2024. And we'd like to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com and you can sign up to be a subscribing member, or you can even do a one-time donation to buy us all coffee or a beer, or you can save up to send us mail to our non-existent P.O. Box. We'd also like to thank all of those that email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. Please continue to email us in where all of your emails are gratefully received. You can find us on threads, Twitter, Instagram at the slow ride pod. And we'd like to thank BK one of Ryan Sarah's entertainment for another year of being able to use his classic music from the album radio do cannibal on Ryan Sarah's entertainment. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando Matt, city beautiful Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in the city beautiful Holyoke, Massachusetts. And for the last time in 2023, I'm reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists so you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Hello and welcome to another episode of Nordic Corner. This is Nate Chenenko from sunny and rainy Rochester, New York, uh, where it continues to not be snowing, which is a major bummer. But I should be on snow next week uh, for the first time this year, which will be terribly exciting. Also have some terribly exciting news to report from the World Cup this weekend, which was in Trondheim, Norway. Uh, home of the best cross-country skier alive, Johannes Husfeldt-Kleibo, right now, who had a 
stomper of a weekend and won like basically everything that it was possible to win the sprint freestyle event, which he crushed everybody at like cruises across the line, looking like he's barely even raced. Um, also always just puts together like such a nice interview at the end of the whole thing. Um, and is always happy to be there, you know, very generous and gracious to his competitors. It's pretty impressive that he can do this every time. Um, then there was the ski athlon, which is probably my favorite event simply because it's hilarious. They start in the classic technique. This one was a 20 K ski athlon. So they start in the classic technique all in a big, it's a mass start, which also helps. Um, and then after 10 K they switch to the skate technique. The switch is like the most uncyclocross exchange you could possibly imagine because if you think about like the mechanics of this process, they have what are effectively pit boxes on a diagonal between the classic lane and the skate lane. And so if you're in bib number three, you line up with box number three, you pull into box number three, and you before the race, you've already laid out your skate skis and your skate poles because you have to switch both items. But that means on the way into the exchange, you've got to take off your poles, which I feel like maybe these cross-country ski athletes could learn a lot from biathlon, which I have also started watching, although I know even less about it. Like a lot of them don't even really take off their poles until they're in the box. Like they could cruise down the in-run and take off the poles. They also do this like twice a year. So it's like not a surprise that they haven't totally figured it out. Um, so they cruise in, take their poles off, then they straddle the skate skis on either side, and then they switch. You know, you take your right foot out of your classic ski and you put it on your skate binding and you lock your skate binding down. And then um, for those that don't know, I suppose cross-country ski bindings are different than downhill ski bindings or different than cycling shoes. There's a little lever or a switch that you either lift or turn depending on the brand. So you turn the lever for most of them, pick your foot up, put your foot down in the right spot on the other ski, turn the lever back to the locked position. And it's not like the world's most complex process, but you've got to do both skis and then you have to grab your new poles, which are the same brand as the old poles. So it's definitely like funny to see things go wrong there. And sometimes a cross, like a cross country ski doesn't really have a super positive engagement when you get it locked in. Um, so we saw one racer, Andrew Musgrave, who went on to finish second, go shooting out of his pit box. And then I'm pretty sure his ski slid off his foot, which has happened to me many times, but I'm not actually good uh, and don't do the ski athlon. So his ski slid off his foot. He had to go track it down and put it back on. That cost him a few seconds. Definitely didn't cost him the win because Klebo won, um, but uh, didn't hurt his chances for second place because he just absolutely like went out of his mind <laughs> at the ski athlon. It was pretty amazing to see. And it was also nice to see somebody not from Norway in like the top six of a race. That was pretty exciting. Um, the big ski athlon like take, I suppose that I have is that um, Margareta Bergenay, depending on how you want to say her name, it's either Bergenay, which I'm pretty sure is right. Bergan, which could be right, but it's definitely not Berganen which the annoying American announcer calls her on ski and snowboard live. Um, when he does this things by himself kills me. Um, she was in the exchange. I would say like the normal exchanges, they do a stat after 
the exchange happens and the exchanges take if you're fast like about 30 seconds 30 to 35 seconds and and they show you the stat you know who is fastest through the exchange they call it like a pit stop time um they also show you who was the slowest through the exchange and Bergenay was over a minute and 30 seconds i'm pretty sure in the exchange she was on fishers and who used the same binding system as like most of the other companies out there on fisher skis and and fisher bindings and just i don't know if the thing was like jammed or it certainly wasn't frozen because it was above freezing in tron time um but like maybe had a piece of salt in it or something she was struggling and by the time she came out of the exchange like her race was over the front of the field was a minute up the track from her and she just had no chance at coming back and doing anything with it um she ended up putting a pretty decent finish on the women's 10k classic the next day and just looked mad about it which like i absolutely would be too super frustrating i'm not sure how that happened to her um no other like big drama in the exchange the americans were pretty quick through the exchange one of the american announcers keegan randall former olympian like one of the best cross-country skier american cross-country skiers of all time was talking about how they like don't even really practice until the night before. And it just absolutely reminds me of when I show up to a cyclocross race in like mid September after not having raced a bike for the previous 10 months and realize like I haven't actually, you know, remounted a bike at speed in forever. So you just go over to the barriers and you do a few on offs and you're like, oh, well, I hope that's good enough. Um, but it's just funny that these elite athletes like almost never use this skill. There are in the 50K distance, that which they also rarely race, they do allow them to change skis so they can get fresh wax, which is a really cool tactical, and I guess it's more of a strategic thing, but it's tactical in how it plays out. Um, so we'll see a little bit of that. I, I haven't even looked at the schedule to see if there are 50Ks coming. Um there is no racing next week, but if I remember, we will talk about the uh, FIS. The so that's the the UCI of skiing, the international governing body of skiing. We will talk about FIS and their hilarious podium picker, uh, which is like an even like just the most bootleg version of roller derby that you can imagine. The interface is garbage. The rankings are bad. They need to hire Luke from roller derby in order to get this thing back on track there are prizes oh i'm just now clicking on the prizes here well we'll talk all about the podium predictor next week it's like half broken doesn't really make any sense but also like kind of fun um so i'm really i'm entertained by that so we'll use that to fill our dead time next week before the tour to ski starts on december 30th and then we'll do a little tour to ski preview and somebody's going to have to remind me of all these things. So again, from uh, beautiful Rochester, New York, but reporting on the action in actually pretty beautiful Trondheim, Norway. This is Nate Chenenko with Nordic Corner. If you have comments or feedback about Nor Nordic Corner, you can email them to me at chenenko at gmail.com. I have gotten basically no feedback yet, which is just absolutely in the spirit of this podcast segment. So uh, either keep the non-feedback coming, or if you really want to cheer me up, send some notes and comments and things you'd like to see covered. But thanks, everyone, and enjoy the rest of the show.
there's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. Criterium Nation. 